0: Hi, my name is Tracy G, and I'm an inner work coach, NLP trainer and podcaster extraordinaire. Passionate about equality in the world that is more diverse and inclusive, giving each and every one of us the opportunity to be the best version of ourselves. As a biracial woman, I've experienced my fair share of discrimination in the past and come out on top. We all know that discrimination and bias still exists in the world today. And it's not always easy to know what to do about it. This podcast, All One Inclusive, is about celebrating all diversity and being proud of all that you are. I chat with inspiring guests and my friends as we share stories from news sources and listeners from all over the world who have experienced some form of discrimination firsthand. The aim is for us to be able to discuss this issue more openly So it becomes better understood by all and provides tips about what you can do to make a difference. The world may have a lot of catching up to do, but if we can imagine a more equal world, we can create change step by step, ripple by ripple. Hiya!
1: Hello! Hello! How are you? you? I'm good.
0: (laughs) And here. And here, yes. Thank mm. you for joining this morning. That's great. Yes, I am up and being productive. Mm. so what's what's new with you? What's been happening?
1: Um, I don't know I haven't done much except for work really last week.
0: What did, did you do yesterday? yesterday?
1: Yeah, I mean I do we did go to the city and walk around and have Ramen <laughs> and do some shopping. Um one of my friends has just moved into a new place. So yeah, she bought stuff. I bought stuff, obviously.
0: Please tell me to buy any sheets.
1: No, no more sheets. <laughs> I um I still haven't gotten to cleaning them out. So
0: yes. Yeah. Mingle's got some sort of fetish for sheets. <laughs> she's got lots of sheets she's not even opened. Yes. I've given most of them away,
1: actually. Cause um, yeah, I forget that. If I haven't opened them already, I'm not going to be using them, so I might have them for a while.
0: All right, okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, part of my what it, what it what was it called Marie
0: Kondoing. Oh, Marie Kondo, I love that woman. I love that mm-hmm. I love how she organizes a space. I haven't actually seen any of her episodes. Oh, you have to watch them. I mean, there's any there's not many on Netflix. Well, there wasn't when I looked. No. I literally watched them all while I'm cleaning <laughs> <laughs> have them on in the background. That's um, How was your yeah. like? uh, week? yeah, good. I went out f- with some friends for dinner. It was really nice to see them. Uh and oh, we yeah. had this amazing Indian meal. So that's a oh. South, Southeast Indian. Mm. And honestly, oh, I was so full. We they do all these banquets that, like you could pick a banquet I think is really good like it's four to choose from mm. i just like oh a special occasion we'll choose the best one mm. so they bring out all these different little starters and honestly I thought we'd finish the meal <laughs> I, I would say we're like five starters in only really tiny you know like a little yeah. piece each and I'm like oh I'm really full now that was really good thinking that's with look at dessert and then they're like right we'll bring the main meal now <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so I well. But it was really, really, yeah, it's really tasty food. It's like, yeah, one of the best Indian restaurants that I've been to here. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then we finished up with, we shared a dessert, like a rice pudding. And we had, uh, I had chai, you know, I'm really into my chai. I made a really lovely chai tea. So it was nice. Thank you.
1: Yes, I have seen this whole sticky chai situation. Mm. I don't know what that means.
0: It's a big deal, right? I, I certainly totally got into it, um, but then I went off caffeine and then it became more difficult to find a chai, a decaffeinated chai. But, um, yeah, sticky chai is like a phenomenon. What? I don't know if it's just here or wherever. So it different to normal chai? Oh, it's just sticky because they put honey in it already. Oh, so like you know it's the chai the tea the herbs and then they'll add honey to it already so it's like the sticky mm. stuff that's it and then you don't actually need to add honey but it's already got it in it it's already in there anyway oh. there mm. I don't think I've ever had it but yes try it you try it it's lovely it's lovely all mm. right so what have okay. you what stories have you got for me this week me Okay,
1: so the first one is from the BBC, mm-hmm. um, and the title is that Inuit, Greenlanders demand answers over Danish birth control scandal, which, yeah, you wouldn't, I don't know why I never thought that something like this wouldn't happen in somewhere like Denmark or Greenland, but anyway. Inuit, in- <clears throat> yes, Inuit, yes, I've never have- heard that. I have I have heard, and I was trying to find it, um, because there's Inuit, I think, and Inuit, and one is the plural form, but I haven't been able to find the original source where I saw it, so I can't tell which one is which. So I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong. Um, Denmark and Greenland have formally agreed to launch a two-year investigation into historic birth control practices carried out over many years, Um, on Inuit Greenlanders by Danish doctors. So recently um, they've realized that thousands of Inuit women and girls were fitted with interuterine devices, so IUDs, commonly um, commonly known as a coil during the 1960s and 70s. It is a contraceptive device placed inside the womb or uterus to prevent pregnancy. Among the women and girls fitted with the IED was um, Naja, labour. I think um, it was in the 1970s that a doctor told Naja, who believes she was just aged 13 at the time, to go to her local hospital to have a coil implanted following a routine school medical examination. I really didn't know what it was because he never explained or got my permission says Naja, who at the time was living in, oh, wow, I'm going to butcher this one, man (laughs) a small town in Greenland, west coast, sorry about my pronunciation. I was afraid I couldn't tell my parents, she says, I was a virgin, I had never even kissed a boy. Now 60, Naja is one of the first to speak out about what happened, jeez. I can remember the doctors in white coats and maybe there was a nurse and I saw the metal things, which identifies as stirrups, where you spread your legs. It was very frightening. The equipment the doctors used was so big for my child body. It was like having knives inside me. Naja says her parents' permission was not sought and that her classmates were also sent to the hospital, but did not talk about it because it was too shocking. She has set up a Facebook group to allow women to share their common experiences and help each other uh, with the trauma. More than 70 women have joined. In a recent podcast, and I think there's a traditional um, way of saying it, but in in English it was COIL campaign, found records indicating that up to 4,500 women and girls, roughly half of all the fertile females, had an IUD implanted in Greenland between 1966 and 1970, but the procedure continued into the mid-1970s. Of these, it's unclear how many cases lacked consent and proper explanation. I'm thinking most, like among these things. Among the affected girls as young as 12, several have stated publicly that they were not properly informed some women unable to have children suspect the coil is to blame so women so many women contact me says Naja it seems that the younger the girls were the more complications they get from the coil it's so sad well obviously I don't think it's designed to be placed in someone who is 12 years old Arnania Gubelson um had a coil fitted when she was 16, not in Greenland, but in on Danish soil. She was studying at a boarding school for um, Greenlandic children on the island of Bornholm in 1974. They didn't ask me before the procedure and I had no idea what it was all about and what the coil was. She could only travel home once a year and is certain her parents were not consulted um, she describes feeling suffering pains and she says she had the coil removed when she returned home to Greenland a year later at age 17. I feel that I didn't get a chance, I didn't get a choice back then, and I cannot accept that. The 64-year-old says tearfully, how would people react if it was a Danish woman instead of a Greenlandic woman? There was little knowledge of birth control program in either the Greenland or Denmark in either Greenland or Denmark, and the reports have caused shock and indignation. Now a committee will examine the pregnancy prevention practices carried out uh, by Danish health authorities between 1960 and 1991, both in Greenland and in schools in Denmark where Greenlandic students um, went. Greenland's government only took control of the health policy from Copenhagen in 1992. In a statement on Friday, Danish health minister um, said that the investigation would shed light on the decisions leading up, on their decisions leading up to the practice and how it was carried out. He said that he had met several of the women affected, adding the pain um, physically and emotionally that they have experienced is, is still here today, well, obviously. Mm -hmm. These women are now in their 60s, obviously. Greenland transitioned from a colony to a country of Denmark in 1953, sweeping modernization plans ushered. In better healthcare and living conditions, life expectancy and newborn survival rates improved, but those successes brought other challenges, says Soren Root, a historian in Copenhagen University. Greenland's tiny um, population rocketed by 1970, and it um, had almost doubled. Mr. Rood believes that the rationale for introducing the coil was partly financial, but also the the result of colonial attitudes. There's an obvious interest in trying to limit the growth of the population, he says, adding that it reduces the challenges of providing housing and welfare services. A higher portion of young women, single mothers um, was another concern that prompted family planning initiative. Doctors wrote about the COIL initiative in journals, perceiving it as success. Mr. Roods adds records show the birth rate halved in just a few years Katrine Jacobson from Nook says she was only 12 when she had the coil fitted and remembers being taken to the doctors by a relative relative's girlfriend in 1974 she had the coil for almost two decades holy shit, and suffered pain and a string of complications in her late 30s Her uterus was removed. It's had a big impact on my life. I never had children. I never told anyone. I always thought I was alone. Today's IUDs are small, uh, tears-like devices, but earlier in the 1960s were S-shaped and much larger. In a uterus that had never been pregnant, it it would give me more bleeding, more pain, a bigger risk of infection, says a gynecologist in the Queen Ingram's Hospital in Nook. In the 1990s and 2000s, she and her colleagues came across patients struggling to conceive, conceive who were unaware they had the coil. It was not a big number, she says, but it was also not unusual. In a couple of cases, we were able to date the IUD back to back to women who had abortions and probably had it placed after an abortion without being told. According to Greenland's human, right, uh, human Rights Council, conventions on family and life and privacy were breached. We need to get it investigated to know whether or not it was actually a genocide, says the council's um, chairperson, wow. adding, "We will, we don't want to whitewash the report."
0: Wow, that's massive. Yeah. That is huge, really. I just, well, lots of things. My first thing is I never knew that, this is my ignorance about the world, mm. that there was a, I just didn't consider an indigenous population, but I guess if you think about media and what you might see, I guess Eskimos mm. are indigenous, you know, that kind of stereotype There's an indigenous population. Mm-hmm. And Greenland in... Greenland for for the UK when you were a child is a place where Father Christmas lives. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had no idea about an indigenous community living there. Inuit, Inuit people. Inuit. I do believe so. Yeah, and I
1: think there are different. Well, anyway, the one I was talking about was that I heard in um. Was in Canada, but she Inuit were one of the people that live, one of the ethnically indigenous people that live in Canada as well. So, um, but there are others, and she was trying to explain the difference that not everybody is an Inuit, and that they don't really call themselves Eskimos. That's what. I'm sure think. they don't. I'm sure that's a Western label. Yes, exactly. But I mean, I mean, I'm sure this is. This has happened in other countries where there's been colonization, and they're trying to, you know, stem the population. But it's cruel, and uh, shouldn't have been done. But
0: I just, I guess, yeah. Part of my head, part of me, can't get my head around it. Mm. I mean, it's more about the the time as well. In the sixties. Yeah. I just think it's just well, obviously, it's inhumane and it's cruel. But it's almost might. Be a genocide, and when they investigate it, I guess I'll decide. But then, yeah, the rationale. I'm just like, what is the rationale? Is it, yeah, to control the population? Yeah, and I think
1: people don't realise how, like, impactful that is to a population. Like, how much hurt and whatever people carry with them, mm. because. Like, and, and, you know, around colonization and people are so wanting, you know, the, um, indigenous population to like move on. Like, I know, just get
0: move on. It happened. (laughs) Get over it. It's it's just whatever.
1: And I, I just don't think they understand the impact. Even it was, it was weird, but I, I watched one of these, um, movies yesterday, South Indian movie actually. It was all very, um, you know stylized and whatever but it was all around the english occupation of india and all right. like it was it was not based on on uh, anything i don't believe it was based on any true events but it was literally the whole thing was about you know the that population in that town like fighting back mm. of the english and you know like just celebrating that there were like Killing, you know, um, English soldiers and things like that. And, and also showcasing, you know, the the cruelty and whatever that, that happened when um, the English were in power. But, you know, it's and to me, I think Indians, I guess, are quite empowered, but they still feel feel so wronged by it. So I think, you know, to say that you, need, you just need to get over it is is crazy for mm-hmm. people to assume that that's going to happen. Yeah, so that's really
0: sad. I just can't get over young, it's, young girls. I mean, they're twelve years old. Like, I know. Hmm. it's like it's a definitely abuse.
1: Oh yeah, and and to be honest, it should be it should be it should be charged as assault because you you didn't have permission to touch that person. You mm-hmm. certainly didn't have permission to put something in their body that's going to affect the rest of their life. Yeah, and those coils, like at the basic level, those coils are not supposed to be in your body for that long, especially the the old ones, you know, that have been in there for decades. That's terrible. No wonder they were so sick and had to have their uterus removed and stuff. That's yeah, shocking, really.
0: Just Um, can't get over it. I mean, there's like I've heard people in bad taste joke about sterilizing groups of people in your low, low socioeconomic. Um, nope. environments and it's like it's not even funny uh, wow it's like oh it's just shocking it's a shock that actually yeah. um, and what will they do yeah. is it just to change history what will they do to address it because Whoa. it's the trauma can you I can't even imagine how it would have felt if somebody it's not even It's it's like a sexual assault actually
1: it is yeah. because
0: you're young, you're a child, and that and it's not even medical. It's more than medical. I guess it's a medical procedure, contraception. But when you're 12 year old, you want somebody shoving something you do, Lally? Yeah, exactly.
1: And to be honest, that is a sexual assault because you can't like a pelvic exam at that age. Like that would be terrible, you know. And for yeah, it's just not done. You know? Uh, and certainly not without their permission. Like that is the definition of assault. But, yeah.
0: yeah, but even if they had the permission. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, <sighs> imagine how you been... feel as a parent you now that's been happening to you, happened you to your child. Exactly.
1: Or like when you're older and you're trying to have kids and you don't know, you can't understand why, you know, that, that you can't conceive. Um, but yeah, no, that is.
0: Well, I don't know. I, don't, I haven't heard of that happening anywhere else in the world, but like you said.
1: I think there has been forced sterilizations that I've heard of.
0: Oh, like coercive. Kind
1: mm. of. Yeah, exactly. I think there are practices like that.
0: But Where?
1: Just, um, think, well, the ones I've heard of was in India to control the population. Right. But, um, yeah. I mean, they found other methods of doing things like that well over here obviously in australia we we talk about the stolen generation and them taking away all those children that were half or a quarter white or whatever from their families so they could be placed in a school and somewhere else and have their whole history erased and there's still people kids now well adults now who are figuring out that they're Indigenous because they've never been told mm. and there were no records of them. They were adopted out. To...
0: But it's, there's two things there. Is is it purely to control the population growth?
1: Hmm. Well, the one in India, yeah, I believe so. But yeah. the one in Greenland and the one here, definitely, it wasn't just about population. Well, certainly the one in Australia, that was more genocide than anything
0: else. Yeah, but that wasn't a – Wow. all right, yeah. I see what you're saying, but that means two different things. Yeah. Ones to get rid of a, an ethnic group, yeah.
1: mm. which is what they were trying to do, which they were trying to breed out, right?
0: Yeah. Mm. And then the other one is controlling a population that's growing that you that you have you have a financial responsibility for. Mm. Yeah. So it's pretty yeah, it's pretty horrific. I like it since. Do you know what still strikes me? Like people talk about the most horrific things being some of the wars, yeah, you know, the Second World War, you know, Nazis. Mm. Um, I'm sure there's other wars, horrific wars as well, mm. and they and they get talked about as a as something in the past that we've learned from. But then you hear stories like this,
1: yeah,
0: way after the war things like this happening mm. and you just think how did somebody rationalize that
1: yeah well I think so for me I think when you look at someone that isn't and then tell yourself they're not human
0: I don't know I'm just thinking like you know you are. get this 12 year old girl with mm. a an doctor and you're a nurse I don't know if there was nurses there it's not clear mm. You've probably got your own children. Yeah, exactly. Would you do this to your own child? Yeah. Probably not. Mm. Yeah. Oh, it's awful. Okay. Mm. that's yeah. just left a bad taste. I really want to know the outcome of that. So maybe we can mm. follow that up. But it follow won't. that up because, yeah. And I'm just thinking the trauma. The trauma. Like you said, people, oh will get over it. You know, it was ages ago. It's not going on about it, blah blah blah. Um, and even here, sometimes I hear people talk about oh, it's political correctness, and um, they just need to move on. Yeah. But people don't realize about um, generational trauma. Yeah. And it's carried forward. But I'm also of the mind that holding on to pain, holding on to that, isn't healthy and doesn't help you. Absolutely agree. Mm. But it doesn't mean you can't recognise, yeah, that it's some that it exists and that it's a thing, yeah. But at the same time, I feel I do agree that people can find a way to heal their trauma. Mm. But I maybe part of that is acknowledging, yeah, like, having it being acknowledged.
1: Yeah, I think that's always been a big thing for survivors, right? Mm. Just
0: have the um acknowledged that yeah. yes. It happened. Yes, it was horrendous and it was wrong. Hmm. At least those things. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because I think the longer people deny it, the longer, well, you would feel not heard. Mm. And the experience is not validated, right? Yeah. So that would be hard to move on from.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, we have a positive news story.
0: Before you start, can just shake that off. Shake it off, shake it off. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because that's just oh that's a stuff for nightmares. Probably make a movie about that. Yep.
1: hundred percent. Okay. The children's picture book for dope black dads, basically. So five years ago, mm-hmm. Marvin Marvin Harrison inadvertently started a global movement. His private dope black dad's WhatsApp group spiralled into an online and offline community in which more than 250,000 fathers discussed their experiences of being black, parenting, and masculinity in the modern world. Mm. Harrison pictured above, you know, and his children, Black 4 and Ocean 6. Unusual names, but okay. What,
0: what, what, what's, what are the names of his children? black
1: who's four and ocean who's
0: six so he has a kid called black yes oh, that's interesting i don't know if i called my kid, kid black yes. i don't know if i called my kid a color yes and especially black if he was black that's kind of ironic yeah <laughs> it's like calling your white kid white yeah uh, I mean, there, although the name gray is a thing right it's a surname oh yeah oh. i've never heard it as a first name gray
1: Oh, I've I've read it in your you know ages ago in your Mills and Boone's books. So I think it's very old.
0: Gray's as a as f- a first name. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Okay. Mm. Very odd. Yeah, but I think Gray's name. got a historical. Yes, yeah, from something like some sort of occupation. Um... I'm trying to think. What's is it a Grace? Is there a Grace I don't. Grace Smith. I don't know. I'm, I have no idea. I'm just. <laughs> Something about that, but yeah, okay, interesting. Black and Ocean, Ocean. Yes. Very, these are very hippie hippie star sounding names, in exactly. my judgment. If, if I have, I've, I
1: have heard the name River.
0: River, yeah. Name and also um, we we'll had River Phoenix, didn't we? Yes, exactly. Yeah.
1: And also Rain, which rain. you know um, can be spelled because there's a rain different ways of spelling it. in that rain. Yeah, exactly, and then there's. I think there's an Indian name that matches up with that. So uh-huh. it doesn't actually mean rain. It means just it's a different name.
0: Okay. And then this, oh, oh, we know someone calls. well, I don't know them personally, but I know of someone called Sunshine. Well, there you go. <laughs> yep. Well, Joe's friends call Sunshine. Yep. Okay. I'd rather be called Sunshine if I was going I to be called so. anything. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I don't mind river. I don't know if I'd like ocean. Mm-hmm. But um All right, just go just anyways, before you go to yes. this story. Just before, before, no, before you go
0: into the story, if you had to have a, like a name like that, what would you what would you pick for yourself? No,
1: I I would either pick river or probably
0: rain. I don't know okay I have a name like that. Okay, I would th- probably pick Sunny or Sunshine.
1: Yeah, I mean I think Sunny as a nickname, like lots of my cousins have the nickname Sunny. I don't know why but um it's the same with lots of my cousins the name bobby so really yeah anyway so but yeah i don't know river yeah i could get used to river okay cool Hmm. river is your new name all right Is my new name okay Hmm. um right he has now published his debut children's book I love me, a collection of positive affirmations for preschool age children designed to boost confidence, enhance self-image, and promote resilience. I've always done daily affirmations with my children, things like I am loving, I am powerful, I am kind, Harrison told Positive News. Mm. It started as a bit of fun, but it became a real game changer for them, giving them tools that they could use for um to f- uh, when they feel afraid, in a time where um, being black can potentially create challenges other childrens wouldn't, other children wouldn't have to consider. I saw real power in these simple techniques. The blo- the Dope Black Dads movement may now in- encompass a multi award winning podcast, books, and a spin off Dope Black Mums community, but it all began with a single text on Father's Day in two thousand and eighteen. Harrison, a marketing executive from Hackney in London. Now, I didn't realize he was from London until, I, obviously, I, I read this. I thought he was from um, the US. Anyway, whose own father had been absent from his life, sent a heartful message to his male friends. He admitted that he was struggling to connect with his kids, and the friends began to share his their own challenges. Often these were linked to cultural beliefs that Harrison believes are unique to black fathers. Over time, and with the support of his new community, he said he has eventually become the father he wanted to be. I Love Me is the first of um, two book series Harrison has signed with um, Macmillan Children's Books, illustrated by Diane Eun, with the follow-up date of 2023. He also has a book aimed at fathers in the pipeline. I want to encourage men to become better dads, husbands, and men by providing tools to help them navigate who they are and move forward in their lives.
0: I love that. I really love it. I just love that story and somebody's doing that, and that's happened for him. Dope black like dads. Oh, I wonder. Yeah. I'm really curious about the cultural. What was it? The cultural um... challenges that
1: are unique to to yes. Men. Yeah. I'm
0: wondering what they are. Yeah. Oh, I can only guess. I'm thinking of my own experi childhood. Yeah. Exactly. Um uh, my dad never did my hair, couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To be uh, fair I think... my mum wasn't great at it either. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I guess so. It would must have been hard for her though, mm-hmm. understanding the type of hair, so. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Totally get it. Yeah. Um, just so interesting, and I love that i am I, what was it? I am? what's the name of the book uh, i am,
1: I, am, I love me.
0: I love me, I love that. It's absolutely beautiful. What a beautiful message and i I totally agree that you know, um there'll be black um challenges unique to black kids, but not just black kids, I would say kids of color. there'll be yeah. unique challenges to support them with that i just think it's such a beautiful Mm,
1: message i think i got it confused with a movement in the us um i'm sure you would have heard of it of it of dads trying to do the hair for their black daughters you know and not understanding you know i think those single dads or whatever Mm. and not having the experience and then i think somebody started a class in the
0: hairdressers, yeah, and yeah,
1: before they knew it, it was like completely flooded with, you know, mm-hmm. them trying to like lots of people, lots of men trying to figure out how to do it. So I think mm-hmm. that was too. So.
0: That's wonderful because it's better than the idea. You know, if the idea is that's not a man's job. Yeah, and not even bother to try. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the difference, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, that's such a beautiful story. I am. I forgot I um, I love myself. Is it? I love me. I love me. <laughs> so, coffee. I need coffee. This is not coffee. I need coffee. I love me. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Do you, do you,
1: because your mum didn't really know how to help you when you were younger with your hair. Mm. Do you think that that changed, like that, affected your perception of your hair for the longest time? No no because
0: no, I didn't consider it a, it's only retrospectively when I had that opinion mm. because she did my hair yeah. but then like and I say this because it's retrospective I didn't know at the time Yeah, like she would do my hair like other, other kids Caucasian kids, white kids yeah. would have their hair um, you know like a plait, what we call it mm. plait, plate or whatever yeah. picked a ponytail mm. but a ponytail looked completely different on me Yes, um, with my hair, and the only problem with those styles for this type of hair is that you you're pulling back, you're always pulling the hair yeah, exactly. to do a ponytail or to do one flap. Wow, yeah. and that breaks the hair. So yeah. when so you'll see pictures of me as a kid, and I'll look like I, I have a lion's mane, oh, because it's the broken hair just at the front. They look like I have a mane. Yeah. But no, no it didn't no none of none of that bothered me at all as a child. I didn't even yeah. know any different. Yeah. Um it's just after that, knowing more about my hair and how to look after it,
1: mm. I
0: realized that, you know, those styles weren't conducive. Mm. And plus I never had curl. I never had a curl then yeah. because it wasn't styled that way. It was just brushed. Yeah, sure. And put into something. So I won't say never actually this when I was really, really young, there was it was kind like, like like toddler age. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting. <laughs> Different cultural challenges. Mm. And yeah, I talk about that all the time. It's it's just funny. But I love I just love this book. I really want to I was thinking I'd buy it for my nephew, but mm. it said it said it was preschool. Mm. Um is a bit older now. Yeah. But I love that. And actually it reminds me um someone I know done something similar Mm. and his book is called i am awesome and again and it's specifically targeted at children to empower them to overcome challenges feel good about themselves and know that they are awesome that's the whole Mm -hmm. point i've actually bought i bought the book because and they got him to sign it for me i'd say it's not it's not as inclusive there's a white it's a white australian guy that's written this book Hmm. but he doesn't know any different right yeah I, I remember actually having a conversation with him because he wants to he wants to take this he wants to take this as an online as a global it's a massive thing and he genuinely really wants to help kids yeah mm-hmm. know their value their worth and believe in themselves and that's a beautiful 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 um idea I really hope he's successful and his character is like one he's got his main character is a, a child who's white and there's two main characters actually as a white child. And then the other, and there's a girl who's, who's darker skin, but he didn't, I think his initial intention was to use a um, First Nations character, mm. but he he avoided it because he said it was too hard because when he consulted mm. about the, you know, the appropriate way to p- represent that character, it just became too difficult as in all the different mm-hmm. requirements and yeah it, was, it just put it in a too hard basket basically yeah. and ended up using a non-descriptive child that was slightly darker skinned and that was there's no reference to hmm. what that heritage could be but anyway and we were having a conversation and he really wants to he wants to take it to a I don't know like a children's series like animation wants hmm. to take it to the next level and he was asked to do a brief and um describe how you make it how it was inclusive and he was really, he was really quite confused about the question. So I was having just coincidentally having a chat to him about it and he brought it up. It was genuinely like, well, he was thinking more like his team of people working behind the scenes, you know, there's women, you know, lots of women doing that. He doesn't, doesn't understand the broader idea And the content, so I brought up the whole idea of representation actually and that's when he told me the story about the characters. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah. Great idea. Wish he could be more inclusive in his story though. Mm -hmm. Because Australia is more diverse than people think. Yes. People outside Australia probably think most it's just white people, which is a fair assumption. Mm -hmm. What you see in media and books. Yeah. And that, and I just personally think I wish his book was a bit more representative of all the different hmm. uh, types of children that live here and grow up here. Well, yeah, because I guess
1: the rest of the world sees the Hugh Jackmans or the Chris What's-His-Face. Hensworth. Or Margot Robbie or something. Yeah. All, all Australians. I can't think of an Australian export movies or something that isn't
0: an australian not. export mm. well we can think of us ones for sure and british ones mm. i going to think of british yeah there's lots, there's lots actually but you're right I, don't, I can't think of any non-white australian exports yeah australian and i know
1: export. i know that there are there's obviously talented people of all color here but for yeah. whatever reason it hasn't <clears> happened so far
0: mm. No, maybe this comedian was that comedian. What's he called? He used to triple J. I don't know if he's internationally famous, though. Mm, I don't know.
1: Anyway, there yeah. are a couple of comedians, I think, that, and journalists and things like
0: Waleed comes to mind. Yeah, but is he international? Is he an expert? I don't think he no, is. No. Think so, no. um, yeah, it was the comedian. I can't remember his name. I've seen him. We've both seen him at the comedy club. Yeah,
1: I need a coffee too. Probably
0: <laughs> I can't remember his name. All right, I'm going to give you a scenario. Oh yeah, wrap up right. What would you do? I feel like we need a little intro, music intro to this yeah. segment. Okay, so the scenario I may mean, not is
1: right. Hopefully, my juices are flowing. Ooh,
0: ooh, yeah, I don't... <laughs> I don't know why you said that. Let's just forget you said that okay let's just forget you said that let's forget i said that yes all right um a co-worker mm. asks a black woman on your team if they can touch her hair oh god what would you do They know, jesus <laughs> <laughs> like what would you do and actually this could be me and you i know, you right. in the office and somebody's um, like you hit somebody comes up saying can i touch your hair and actually it has happened exactly. what would you do Mido? yes
1: i would i i think i would genuinely say like did you really ask that like because i'd just be like you for real right now mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> because uh but um, I also, um, I'm like, it's not nice to be so confronting with people, I guess, because most of them are not coming from a place of, you know, like, I think it's mostly curiosity. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I would be like, I think I'd ask them, why do you want to touch her hair?
0: Mm. And they go, oh, it's so, I know, oh, it's so beautiful, so curly, I just want to see what yeah. it feels like. Yeah. yeah. I'd be like, well, there's lots of things that we're
1: curious about, even me, but we don't necessarily need to touch. Right. <laughs> we can
0: just be like, oh, look, it looks lovely. Okay. Um, oh, all right, then. I'll ask you another question. Yeah. What's the problem with it? Oh,
1: well, because it, I think it's it's one of these things that was done without people's permission for so long. Mm. And it puts the person that you're asking for under pressure to like be like oh especially in like a work environment or something like that when you're trying to be you know and say that person is someone who you're reporting to or you know is higher whatever in the position then are you really going to be like do you people might feel like oh they can't say no you know so it's like a, a personal boundary that we should now be like we should be at the level where we're just like, just don't. Like, if you're curious about, you know, people's hair and whatever, if you have a friend, that would be a better place to be like, oh, hey, I've always been a little bit curious. But I think in work situations, things like that are just, yeah, I don't know, it's it's just not the right place. It's the same with trying to touch someone who's pregnant, you know, like for different reasons. It's just a body personal you know personal space thing but yeah it's
0: just all right so for you Hmm. your your perspective it's about personal space and appropriate behavior yeah Yeah, exactly and then then also and your position in the workplace like and being able to say well no I'm not really comfortable with you touching me anywhere
1: exactly um, and okay. also about the fact that I understand people are curious but that doesn't mean like somebody else doesn't have to you know give in to your curiosity and, and you know mm. um, and educate you and things like that it's just I think lots of people of color are just like over trying to like educate people about these kinds of things it's just like leave me alone <laughs> you know <laughs>
0: yeah I do know yeah. I do yeah. know because <laughs> this is this imagine. is one I've had for a long time mm. I mean I'm I, you know I get people coming up to me and say I really love your hair and that's lovely I like that. It's fine yeah. not so many people touching but I have yeah. had that a lot for sure yeah this is and I get I totally get that curiosity mm. is the intention mm. but imagine that you were the person mm. where somebody's always coming up and can I touch your I don't know your hair or your skin or whatever. Exactly. It start, You start to get that. It implies you're different. Yeah. And of course, we're all different. Yeah, of course. Of course. So that's 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 how it is a problem. Yeah. Because you, it's, <laughs> they've given a word here called othering. Yeah. So you're treating them as different mm. or as an outsider. Mm. So you're making them feel other- Outside, yeah, and objectified and disempowered. Yes. And self-conscious and on guard. And that's all these things I never thought about, but yeah, that's exactly how you feel. Because yeah. you're wondering, you look at people looking at you, what are they thinking? Are they wanna you could become conscious of your appearance? Yes. Whereas, how many why do you need to be conscious of your appearance all the time? Yeah. Um no. and like you said, you know, it depends on the context. Mm. Um but it, it may be an unwanted physical interaction. Yeah. And I can even feel like, I guess, in, under other circumstances, like sexual harassment, really, it just depends on the, on the context. Um, but this is, you know, in a workplace. Mm. So, yeah, it's that whole idea of feeling other, feeling different, feeling like an outsider, especially mm. when it's a common, common thing. Yeah. It's completely different if you're really good friends, yes and you know they have this admiration for your hair that they talk about and they just said sort i of really would love to know how it feels kind of you know mm-hmm. that's different completely yes. different from this kind of scenario mm-hmm. so what you could do is you if it was you about you know me and you and somebody does that mm-hmm. to me you could jump it you could jump and say something like hey asking to touch a black woman's hair is not okay mm-hmm. Or you could do. Why do you need to touch it? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It looks great from here. (laughs) Yes. Um... Be happy with that. Well, it
1: kind of reminds me a little bit about, you know, when we went to that dance thing. Yeah. You know, and there were I swear there were like five or six people who stopped you and was like, Can I can I take a photo with you? Obviously you look gorgeous. But um I think it was also because, you know, I don't know, it just, and the more it happened, the more, like the first few times I was like, oh, she looks great. It must be a thing. But the more it happened, I was like, wait, hang on a sec. (laughs) Like what's going on here? You know, it was just so, yeah, weird for me. And I was just, yeah, I didn't know what was happening. But I think it wasn't, I don't, I think you were okay with it.
0: I'm okay with it now because why am I okay with it now? I think it's not okay Mm. but I don't get offended by it now because I've come I don't know I've got some resolution about um resolution about being objectified or Mm. being different Mm. because the fact is and actually do you know what it is it's because I'm living I am a foreigner in this country yeah that's what it is I am different yeah okay and 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 that's a fact but when you're in a country where you raised and there's other people there's a lot more people that look like you as well yeah but in you born and grew up there to feel other and different is not as comfortable yeah because then it's it's suggesting you don't fit yeah so that's why here it's completely different for me because yeah I'm I am different. I'm foreigner. You don't have a lot of black people here.
1: Um, no. I think that's changing slowly. Mm. But, um, but yeah, I suppose when you did first come.
0: Yeah, it's definitely changing. Um, and then and then in companies in general, mm. it it's some it's a discussion about why an example of why you could need anti racism training or mm. allyship programs, you know. This is the whole diversity, inclusivity, equity equality mm-hmm. comes in, these are the types of things you address. Because some people just have no idea why yes. that's a problem. Yes. They'll they'll say, oh you know, oh some people are just curious. That's not mm-hmm. what's the harm in that? And that when we're telling you what the harm in it, we're telling you as people where it happens to us regularly, what the harm mm-hmm. is. Exactly. Why it happens. The request may be motivated by her bias the idea that there's something exotic wrong or unprofessional about a black woman's natural hair and actually this is these are all these things are true because i've all i felt in various stages of my life i felt that this hairstyle it's natural hairstyle was not attractive
1: mm.
0: not attractive horrible wrong um or exotic and the exotic just comes from a minority basically Mm. doesn't it the idea of exotic like i mean traveled traveled around the world and you know you go to countries that are primarily uh, people of color whether that's black or whether that's asian or another Mm. or some sort of mediterranean Mm. and you know people that are really fair-skinned and red hair would be exotic Mm. you might even get you probably probably get red hair people going to china one People want to touch the hair.
1: And I do know that they they have like, you know, photos. They're, they're, yeah, they're the fo- whole gorgeous.
0: photo thing. Exactly. That's the whole exotic thing. And why I wouldn't be offended by that is because you are exotic. You're in a country where you, that's, you yeah. know, not the norm. Not yeah. the norm. And so I get it. As long as people understand, you know, learn to understand that you're mm. making people feel other and different Um, but specifically for black people there's the hair thing Mm -hmm. where it you know even intrinsically a lot of black people would straighten their hair to look more European yeah
1: and I think when it comes to you know coming going to an Asian country or somewhere else Mm. where white or red hair is considered you know different and other Mm. when people are asking to take photos and things it's coming from a perspective of
0: admiration
1: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a little bit. The context also makes a difference, right? Yeah, Um,
0: the context as well, and where it's coming from. It can be coming from an admiration and exotic, and this is beautiful. Or be coming from this is awful. Oh, got a picture of this. So I've
1: seen this before, and this is so odd. You know? Yeah, exactly.
0: Odd, wrong, exactly. And and even more for black people because the bias began in the slavery era. Mm, Yes. You know, and reinforced and reinforces what is beautiful. Yeah, exactly. And so that's been a problem, you know, a problem, really personal problem for me as well. Um, And then even some companies will still prohibit natural black hairstyles.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. But and we did did we cover a story where one Eat. of the swimmers, yeah. It's the swimming we, thing. With yeah. The swimming caps. Yeah, exactly. And I have heard so many stories about black athletes having to cut their hair or they can't swim. Or, you know, um I think there was one for wrestling where they were like, No, 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 your your hair isn't coat, so you need to cut it. And they cut it at the side of it's just yes
0: yeah it's really bad and but like they say there's still still companies now Mm -hmm. that would say that um your hair isn't appropriate for the workplace which crosses a personal boundary it really does it really does so that that is why it's a problem (laughs) people don't understand why it's a problem that's why it's a problem
1: do you so it's a weird question but Mm. um men who have to shave or company dress code
0: mm. what do you feel about that I don't think I don't see why men would have to shave I yeah. mean I'm thinking like right what is extreme like I, is that a thing is that really a thing or do men feel they have to shave because I know that men are all like, oh, going to do after I need to shave but is that actually enforced or is that just an idea
1: look it probably isn't anymore because Mm. so many people are working from home um but i don't know i remember this because of a story my brother said back when he first started working Mm. when he came to the office and Mm. he had you know a few days worth of growth or whatever and his manager pulled him aside and said right you need to shave the next time you come to the office and actually Mm. actually the reason why it sticks out i think he actually told him to go and shave Oh, really? actually go home and shave or whatever it was and then when he comes back he he needs yeah. to so I was That's like interesting
0: hmm. I think I, I actually thought about this I can't remember why I was another train of thought I think in the workplace you want to look presentable True. tidy you, d- mm-hmm. you don't want to look like you just dragged yourself out of bed and picked your clothes up off the floor I yeah. <laughs> get that yeah uh, so mm-hmm. shaving and not shaving if you if you have a beard, that's different from yeah. a messy face. I don't know how to describe it. There's a bit of a difference. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how. But then I remember there was some a guy I used to work with. Really long hair, really big beard. Looks kind of messy, really. However, so what? Mm, like he, you that. know, he he didn't interfere with his work. Mm. Um. I don't know. I just I think it's more less more acceptable to have a beard now. I don't see a problem with people having beards if that's what they want to do.
1: I think it did. um, I think there was someone at at work who was like, "Oh, the beard is just annoying because of the mask because the mask doesn't fit properly." Right. So that was the only other thing they were like. Well, that's a practical thing, right? Exactly. It wasn't so much that oh somebody's telling them that they need to. They just were saying that I can't get the mask over my whole
0: being. Mm. So. Yeah. No, I don't I don't I don't think it's anything yeah at the moment. So yeah, interesting though, that that was something that he was asked to do. Mm. Yeah. But I always think it's an old fashioned idea.
1: I yeah. think it is. I think he was, you know, in his early twenties and, mm. you know, my brother looks older than that when he isn't. So <laughs> maybe it was
0: yeah. So yeah. Maybe. all right we better wrap this up because i'm yeah i'm i have to edit this (laughs) (laughs) oh it was really good talking to you really good stories today Mm -hmm. i'd love to love to hear if anybody if anybody's experienced the whole can i touch you because you're exotic thing and whether it's coming from a place of oh that's a bit wrong a bit odd or coming from a place of of that's amazing and a beautiful and a kind of admiration kind of thing i'd be curious to hear what other people's experiences are of that and um yeah that's it really okay anything else though all right then we'll speak to you next week see you then see you then Bye. bye thank you so much for tuning in we hope you have as much fun with us today as we did If what you heard resonated with you, don't forget to show the love and like our YouTube channel, All One with Tracy G. Give us a five star rating on whichever podcast platform is lucky enough to have this episode because they rock too. Feel free to email us stories or questions at alloneinclusive at gmail.com and sign up for my newsletter. If updating yourself about everything which goes down sounds like something right up your alley at tracygandu.com until the next time see ya